Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fredland, and as always, we are sponsored by Running Aces, Racetrack, and Casino. And this is episode 124, and this is actually a special episode. We're doing this as a off-cycle bonus episode. Uh, normally, we release on Fridays or so every week. And we had an opportunity to sit down and chat with Robbie Straczynski, who is uh, with Card Player Lifestyle, and he recently won the Global Poker Award for his charitable initiative. And we had the opportunity to speak with him, and with schedules and such, we just had to get it done. He's in Israel, I'm in Minnesota, and so we just kind of had to work it out. And rather than kind of putting it in the can and waiting, uh, since I had a number of guests set up for the next several weeks, I thought... Why not just throw out a bonus episode uh, to Rec Poker Nation? So that's what this is. Uh, it's going to be just the interview, so about 45 minutes. We won't have the discussion afterward, but it's just an interview with Robbie Straczynski. Uh, I do want to take the time just to mention uh, Crazy Like a Fox. Our training is still going on. You can still enter late if you want, uh, but we are uh, done with three sessions out of the 10, and it's just been going fantastic. Great feedback, great discussion boards, great community building and learning. So really excited about that. Thanks to those of you who are out there and part of that group. I continue to get stories and stories of people that are winning and cashing tournaments who are in that, and they are giving credit already to some of the things that they've learned uh, through the course. So that's great that there's some real-world application happening right away. Uh, so I also don't have Running Aces Player of the Week updates because we just did that last time and this is a midweek. So nothing really to report there. Uh, so I'll spare you some announcements. And with that, just get into the interview that I did with Chad McVean and also John Somsky interviewing Robbie Straczynski. So here you go. Enjoy the bonus episode. All right, guys. Well, as promised, uh, here with Robbie Straczynski, also joined by Chad McVean. And you, you guys know that uh, normally what we're doing is strategy and breaking down hands and kind of digging in. And, and maybe we'll get into some of that stuff. But, you know, once in a while, we like to take a break, talk with industry folks, get some perspective of kind of the bigger picture of what's happening in the poker world. And so today is, is one of those days. So, Robbie Straczynski, uh, formally thank you uh, for joining us today. You got it. Thank you, Steve. Thanks so much for having me on the Rec Poker Podcast. It's a pleasure and an honor. And, and, you know, you're, you're really close to home. I mean, you're only calling us in from Israel, right? I'm in my home, yes. I'm, <laughs> so I, I do live in Israel. I'm originally from the United States, but uh, it certainly is um, significantly later hour here than it is over there. So, yeah. Now, now how long have you lived over there? Uh, 20 years, actually. September marked 20 years. I moved here in uh, 1998. Uh, so I was, you know, yeah, now I'm 37. So, yeah, just after high school, I came here. Okay. Wow. Well, it's super cool. Yeah. We had to kind of organize the schedules and I appreciate you doing that. So yeah. why don't, why don't we just start a little bit? Uh, well, actually you and Chad know each other a bit, which is kind of a cool story as well. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but talk a little bit about all the things that you're involved with, or at least some of the things that you're involved with everywhere. I look, Robbie Straczynski name keeps popping up. Uh, what, are, <laughs> what are some of the, some of the major things that you're, you're working on or involved with now? So wherever you look, basically what I spend most of my day doing is speaking to representatives from social media channels like Facebook and Twitter, say, hey, can you put my name everywhere so that when Steve is looking, uh, you can find. that's what I spend 23 out of my 24 hours a day doing. Um, just, just becoming so that, personally SEO, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, uh, first and foremost, what I'm involved in is trying the best I can to be a good husband to my wife, Miriam, of 16 and a half years. And uh, I got three kids, Abby, Ami, and Shira. They're 11, 9, and 6 and a half. 
And, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily really reach um, all of the channels that I'm always putting out content and stuff, but uh, I'm very much involved in that and uh, thankful that I'm able to work from home um, and be able to spend a lot of time with them when I'm not doing work. So it's a nice uh, balance to have that I'm not like commuting or, you know, spending a lot of time doing other sort of stuff. I can really be with them. Um, so yeah, got to give credit where it's due. Um, what am I doing poker wise? So yeah, I'm the founder of cardplayerlifestyle.com. Um, founded it together with a friend of mine in November of 2009. So we are approaching uh, our 10 year anniversary, which is amazing to be able to say that. Yeah. Um, it, well, that's its own story on its own. It's um, something I started off doing, you know, very like once in a while, let's give it a shot. Let's see what this blogging thing is all about till I found my voice and the traffic started to grow, ended up buying out my partner uh, after about two and a half years and then really starting to run with it and spending a lot more of my time, my free time nights and weekends doing it. Um, in March of 2017, I said, you know what, this is, I, I'm, I'm, I want to just go home from work every day to keep working on my site because, uh, you know, thankfully the traffic, the attention, all of the, the good metrics uh, kept on improving and, um, you know, took the leap uh, with my wife's blessing and said, you know, if this is what we could do part-time, what can we do full-time? And thankfully it's just been a really good, solid upwards trajectory since then. Um, very active on uh, Twitter and, and Facebook, specifically trying to push the content that I'm publishing. Not just me, it's also uh, a bunch of very talented writers and contributors who send in some great articles uh, that we put out there, all original content. I don't do like the poker news, live reporting, uh, news type of stuff mostly. I mean, they, they're just too good at it. You can't possibly compete with them, and I support them. They're wonderful, amazing people. Um, I do more like op-eds, um, some strategies, tips, that sorts of articles, um, features, uh, the type of stuff that, you know, the, the lifestyle uh, aspects of being a card player, uh, the stories that are hopefully entertaining to the people who read it. That's the, the main thing I'm involved in. In addition, I host... Uh, and co-host uh, two different podcasts. I'm a co-host of the Top Pair Home Game Poker Podcast, um, focusing similar audience to yours, actually, Steve. Uh, yeah. Also, recreational players, but not necessarily the ones who are going out to the casinos and playing the one-two or the three-six limit, but uh, home game, home game folks. So I've uh, been doing that for uh, four and a half years also, since uh, June 2014, I guess, right? So, wow, that. sweet. Um, and the other ones I co and I host as of the beginning of this year, January, the red chip poker podcast, which is more focused on strategy. Not that I'm such an expert in strategy, but I try to interview people who are, <laughs> uh, so that's a once a week thing while the top pair is once every other week. Um, those are the main things I'm involved in. Uh, man, what am I forgetting? I've also got an app. I don't really talk about that too much. Yeah, anymore. I saw that. Yeah. It's called the poker notes live app. Uh, basically, you just download it from Google Play or the App Store, and it allows you to take notes while you're playing live poker on you know, what looks like a poker table on your mobile phone screen. And it's just instead of like a pad and paper, you know, hey, we're in the 2000s now, we ought to be, ought to be like you know, technologically advanced in that way. Um, and just you know, whatever tells, whatever observations you have at the table, put that down, and it'll help you become hopefully a better player if you take good enough notes and, and remember the types of things that you notice. Because online, you know, that functionality has been built into the software for years and years and years. And you know, here's a way to do it. Um, you know, in live poker, it's available in a dozen languages. 
Um, so yeah, those are, those are pretty much the main things I'm involved in. Yeah. And I, I saw that out there too. I saw that, um, you had quotes from Phil Ivey, but you also had a quote from Chris Fox Wallace that he's a user and kind of talked a little bit about, uh, using that. And he's actually somebody that we're partnered really close with and doing some training with. So uh, I saw that. I'm like, yeah, sweet. That's a good, another, another nice endorsement from Fox. He's a really wonderful guy up in Minnesota and now, now living in Las Vegas. Right. Um, but, uh, credit where I do, he actually is, you know, this is back in, 2013 he was the first he hosted a podcast called under the gun back in the day and he was the first person to ever agree to interview me and it was specifically i was trying to go ahead and promote that app uh-huh. and he was kind enough to agree yeah hey, sure yeah let's let's have you on no problem and uh you know really wonderful guy happy to work with him and you know he's got the i ninja poker tour doing very well right now and uh just a really wonderful person and uh you know good good to be partnered up with with uh, someone like chris for sure for sure yeah and the other interesting thing there's a lot of interesting things but one thing that really <laughs> stood out is that you were actually uh, you translated ellie elezra's autobiography <laughs> Oh man, okay. I attribute that, <laughs> I attribute that to it being after midnight here in Israel. How did no. I forget that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of a big one. Uh, Eliel Ezra, uh, hopefully a future poker hall of famer, has just had a ridiculously amazing career. Um, he produced um, oh, Matan Krapka. He wrote uh, Eli's basically autobiography after interviewing him for you know dozens and dozens, hundreds and hundreds of hours. Uh, produced an autobiography in Hebrew for Eliel Ezra, um, and I was there at the launch uh, here in Israel in Tel Aviv, and at the launch party, Matan and Eli took me to the side, and they're like, yeah, hey, um, you know, we want this to be out there in the greater poker world. Everyone's, you know, they're not all reading and speaking Hebrew, obviously, right. help us out. Um, so yeah, that was just an amazing thing. You know, it took a while to, to do it, to find a publisher, <clears throat> and uh, luckily we did, and um it's an amazing project to have been involved in. Uh, it's available. It's called Pulling the Trigger. You can buy it on Amazon, uh, both in paperback as well as uh, in Kindle format. And uh, yeah, I even got a little page, you know, translator's notes. So that was pretty nice to have, <laughs> you, cool. have your name on and be associated with someone just so wonderful like Ellie. So, so when you think about your, your career, I mean, what was, was your first love poker or was your first love writing or like, you know, how did you kind of merge this into a career? Because a lot of people are like, I'd love to be around the game, but I don't know how I could actually make a career out of it, you know, other than playing. And you're kind of, you're, you kind of formed your niche here in the media world. Yeah. Like what, what came first, poker or, or the media writing piece? The chicken came before the The chicken, egg. yeah. That crossed the road? Yes. <laughs> the one that, because it was stapled to the buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, I might be confusing jokes, I'm not sure. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I, it's hard to sort of know what came first. Um, I mean, I was, I grew up in, in Los Angeles. It's like a four and a half hours, you know, drive from Las Vegas. And we used to go like for the weekends, four or five, six times a year. My parents always got those invitations in the mail and, you know, based on their comps play, always got like free rooms. And my dad loved playing poker. So, you know, I was always introduced to it. I love the Vegas lifestyle, the whole atmosphere. And back in the 1990s, you know, 80s and 90s, when I was growing up, Vegas was a lot more kid friendly and family friendly and, you know, there were kids everywhere. You know, now it's much more, oh, it's those same kids who now have disposable incomes and they'll go clubbing. Um, but <clears throat> back when I was doing it, I was exposed to that, you know, lifestyle for the first time. And my dad always had his own home game and, you know, that rotated houses all the time. So that's when I fell in love with it in a way. I always played five card draw with my brothers uh, and with friends for like pennies or for nothing or whatever it was. Um, had a little video poker game that I was always, you know, going around with. Yeah. Even, uh, 
the Nintendo Game Boy, they came out with like the Caesar's Palace game and I was always playing poker and all that, whatever it was. <clears throat> so I always loved poker. Um, English, I sort of fell in love with de facto. I didn't realize that that would really happen. Um, but when I came to Israel, I was like, well, what, what could I do? You know, so I know English, I guess, you know, the language, you know, maybe there's something in that. I went to the university. I said, what do you have available in English, you know, here in a Hebrew speaking country? And um, I went to the English department. They had two tracks, one for literature. I'm like, well, I can go ahead and teach books or uh, linguistics. And I was like, oh, that seems interesting. It's the science of language. And um, that's what I ended up doing my degree in. I got a bachelor's and a master's degree in English linguistics, and it really appealed to me. I found the degree and the study to be very interesting. And uh, I was like, what am I going to do with it? Well, you know, that opens doors and careers and stuff. This is before the internet got huge. You know, I got my degrees in 2003 and four. Um, so, you know, back before blogging was, you know, really, really big or anything like that. But and I said, oh, maybe I'll be a journalist or maybe I'll be a writer. I don't know what exactly. So that sort of developed simultaneously. And the careers that I got into were related to that. I was a textbook editor. Uh, I was a content producer for some casino sites. Um, also on the education front, I was helping to create materials for kids to learn mathematics. But, you know, there's language involved in that sort of a thing. Right. So, um, and then also, again, on the online casino industry or online gambling uh, type of stuff that's, that's going on. A lot of it is headquartered here in Israel, believe it or not. Um, and I was just producing content for them. Just that they needed someone who spoke and wrote English well and understood target audience uh, of people who want to go ahead and gamble. And I was like, well, I've got the background for that. And, and uh, luckily, even though I live here in a Hebrew speaking country, I always had a, a job to take, you know, that, which sort of merged uh, to get back to your question, those interests of like the gambling um, you know, and, um, and writing an English language. And, uh, with, through this blog, like I said, over my time, over, over those few years, I sort of found my voice, understood the audience that I was writing for and understood, Hey, card player lifestyle, merging those two things and, uh, using, you know, whatever skills I've got in terms of English to do some writing and good interviewing, hopefully, um, can provide some unique, good and interesting content for people to, enjoy. So um, it is the fusion of those two things. It's definitely a love for English and the English language, as well as the poker and uh, hopefully being able to put those two things together. And one of the other things I wanted to talk a little bit about is uh, I think you and I are similar in sort of having a charitable passion. And one of the ways yeah. that I got involved with poker at all in the casinos is I just played home games nine, 10 years ago. I also run a nonprofit doing work in Rwanda. And I said, wow. well, maybe... Yeah, yeah, I've been over there a few times. Amazing. The stories I could tell. Um, but but um, actually, one of the first connections I had with a casino was was deciding to run a charity tournament. We ran All In For Africa. We raised, I don't know, sixty or $70,000 or so, which is fantastic. Uh, but then, yeah, and but that, you know, just seeing that the heart and the, of the of a lot of the players, um, you know, I think some people have this perspective of poker players being degenerates and all selfish and all of these things. And I think I found this whole new a crowd of people that was incredibly generous. And the reason I, I put that context out there is that you just won uh, an award from the Global Poker Awards. I know you're humble about this, but uh, for charitable initiative. And I, I was super inspired by that. I uh, watched your video, and I think that's a that's a really a, a tip of the cap to you and, and the work that you're doing. And so maybe talk a little bit about, you know, the awards. I know the awards are nice or whatever, but maybe talk about, you know, that process and maybe the, you know, what you were doing, what you're raising money for, and if there's a way that people can still uh, plug into that. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thanks for saying that, Steve. Yeah, it's uh, Saturday night. Literally, the awards were uh, yes yesterday in Las Vegas on Friday. Um, I wasn't able to be there in person, uh, but they were nice enough to allow me to sort of record a little speech uh, to accept the thing, uh, the the award. Um, yeah, it is it is a tremendous honor, and you know, I, I do I, you know, it's not being facetious to to try and be humble about it. I really am because you know, I really do see myself in that respect as sort of a conduit you know it's not really about me i did something but it's really everyone sort of joined together and supported this amazing cause the cause is called uh, save a child's heart it's uh, a charity which operates in a sense worldwide because it's trying to save the hearts and, and the lives of children who in, in undeveloped in underdeveloped countries who do not have cardiac care available uh, to operate on and assist them with their with their heart diseases so they end up getting flown here to Israel and operated on and cared for in the hospital and also just the recovery after taking heart surgery. Um, so that's what the fundraising is for is to, you know, they're a completely nonprofit organization and they've got like a building in the, one of the cities near Tel Aviv. And, um, you know, if the child is under six years old, the mother comes as well. Uh, and, you know, they don't all speak English very, you know, very few of them actually put any English words together. So they're, you know, taken out of their worlds and, and thrown into a completely new environment, uh, unable to communicate, but having their live uh, lives saved. Uh, it's a really amazing thing. And, you know, in, in, it's something I really identify with because you know, I sort of take it, you know, I'm, I'm Orthodox Jewish and everything, you know, I sort of feel like it's uh, one of the things God commands us to do is, yeah, well, we're supposed to try and be a light unto the nations. This is a beautiful charity that is doing precisely that. Yet yeah, you're operating in Israel and Israeli hospitals, but you know, unto the nations. You're saving people from all over the world, from, you know, Far East Asia, from Africa, uh, people who unfortunately, you know, otherwise wouldn't have hope. They'd be, you know, these little kids. So um, what I did for them is uh, I ran a charity called, uh, ran a, charity, a campaign called Running Well, which uh, has a nice little poker tie-in, you know, got to right. run well in life, um, and involved me running. Basically, I got on the treadmill and tried to run a thousand kilometers. That's uh, 621 miles, give or take. Um, Hopefully not all at once. No, no, that would be really impressive. Here today, I tried to do it in ten-kilometer increments, wow. taking about running about uh, you know about six point two miles an hour. So it's about an hour each time I got on the treadmill, um, and it takes it took a year. You know, you just gotta just stick with it. You know, it's not you know just like you can't win a poker tournament in the first hand or in the first level. Right, you just gotta grind it out and then hopefully be there at the end and. Um, so I said, I'm going to go ahead and donate a dollar per kilometer that I run. That's $1,000 for me. And what I tried to do is get the community involved and say, hey, maybe you want to go ahead and do five cents a kilometer, 10 cents, 25, whatever you want to go ahead and do, or just a general donation. You want to put 20 bucks towards the charity. That'd be great. And uh, I set for myself a goal of trying to get $10,000 raised for this charity um, over the course of 2018. And, you know, again, it's not a gigantic amount. It's not millions of dollars. And there's some amazing charity work that gets done there by other members of the poker community. Um, and then that's sort of what also I feel like, you know, okay, it's not really about me. This is an amazing thing to be a part of a community right. that, think, that, that places emphasis and importance on philanthropy and on fundraising, like to, that there is an award for that, within the Global Poker Awards, which is recognizing professional achievements and, and that sort of a thing, is a is an incredible thing, and to be recognized, it's really just you know um, a big honor. So I appreciate that uh, very much, and um, 
so yeah, uh, how to how to help them uh, save a child's heart org. There's a big red donate button on the top right of the screen, and you can go ahead and uh, donate, and it's tax deductible from whatever country you're uh, you're donating from. Well, well, thanks for your work on that. I mean, anytime you can hear about people trying to positively change the world, uh, it's just it's just so encouraging. So thanks for that. I want I want to make sure that uh, so John Somsky's joined us as well. He he actually writes uh, for Anti Up Magazine. He's on the he's on the line, and Chad's also there. So I want to take a little little break and uh, open it up, see if one of those guys has any questions or comments for you. Yeah, hi, Robbie. Uh, this is John. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. I uh, have, first time I heard you was actually on Fox's podcast. I oh, was wow. Listening <laughs> to that back, way back in the day. Wow, and, that's amazing. Uh, well, and, and just I sorry, was, John, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. So, Robbie, just so you know, uh, Fox always refers to John Somsky as the nicest guy in poker which Fox and I sort of have an ongoing debate about because Somsky loves to three bet me. So I, I don't see it, but that's the context with which you're dealing right now is that John Somsky is the nicest guy in poker. So that's great. Nice to meet you. I love nice guys. Go yeah. ahead, John. Sorry. Well, anyway, I was going to say, I also became um, a big fan. I own the poker notes live app and I've used that a couple of times. Awesome. And, Thank you. Uh, was a big fan when you took over from Eric on the top pair home game poker podcast. Oh, wow. That's an amazing thing so, to hear. I appreciate that very much. Thanks for saying so. Well, yeah, just to let you know, I, I listen to just about every poker podcast out there. Oh, so goodness. I'm also listening to you on uh, red chip poker now, of course. And I think you've done uh, a great job there. You kind of taken it in a different tack. I mean, yeah. most the stuff like James split suit Sweeney was doing was hardcore Yes. Uh, strategy. And you're bringing more of, I guess, the, the poker lifestyle, similar to your, your blog. You're bringing that, interviewing people. Uh, you just had the great interview with Jack Effel yep. for um, Thank you. the WSOP. So great work. I, I appreciate that. And I will say also a credit to Zach Shaw, former host of the podcast. He uh, passed the torch to me. And then, you know, when they, when we first spoke about it towards the end of last year, uh, this was their doing. They said, hey, you know, Robbie, would you be interested? And we want to sort of take the podcast on to that different tack and then do a little bit more of the industry stuff, a little bit more of the lifestyle stuff. And they had I had been an interviewee on their podcast uh, once upon a time. Um, and they asked if I'd be interested and, uh, I said, yeah, and I'm, I'm very grateful for, for that opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's always awesome to hear from anyone listening, uh, to, you know, or, or taking in the content that you produce, uh, and to get, you know, such uh, very sweet words of praise. I really, really appreciate it. You know, if that, if that tree falls in the forest, you know that you've cut it down, but it's nice to know that someone heard. So thank you very much. I always look forward to hearing how many shekels you won your lace later <laughs> not enough never enough <laughs> but uh, we've got a bankroll not a budget that's the most important thing mm. chad did you have anything at all yeah i was just gonna i was just gonna mention that uh, the last couple of years i believe robbie you've been during the world series working and i think this year you're actually going to be able to play so <laughs> this year will you be will you be playing and wearing one of these lovely patches. I love that patch. Where'd you get such a beautiful patch, Chad? It's so gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> that might be the best patch I've ever seen, Chad. What what does it actually say on there? Yeah, card it, it, player lifestyle. Nice. Um, poker blog, and I believe I received that two years ago wow. um, from Robbie. Wow. wow. After I sitting watching the, the 10K limit uh, final table with uh, Negrano and all those guys, it was a 
impressive lineup. And I believe that was also where Phil uh, Hellmuth kind of had a blow up on Terrence Chan. <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was quite entertaining. All the good stuff. <laughs> all the good <laughs> stuff happened. Um, so uh, yeah, great patch. Thank you very much for wearing it. Um, yes, like I said, you know, Chad knows. Chad really, he also just follows a, a ton of the stuff that I put out, whether it's in podcast or written or newsletter form. I appreciate that very much. You know, people couldn't pay money for the types of, of, of fan that uh, Chad is, and it's really. Uh, humbling to have someone so into uh, the work that I produce. I appreciate it very much. Well, you, um, you probably could pay him. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> just don't, thought I'd just throw that out there. That I'd have more time to do it. A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's an original from two years ago. <laughs> first edition. Um, so, so you are getting to play this year, though. Uh, yes, that that is a pretty cool thing. I announced the uh, first time I've never played in a WSOP event before. Um, and I said, you know what? I think it's time. Uh, I'm going to be playing in the $1,500 Dealer's Choice event. Um, it's something uh, I've, uh, it's kind of on my bucket list. You know, everyone's got the main event, like that sort of thing. And yeah, that'd be cool, but 10000 bucks is just a, a crap ton of money. Um, <laughs> I am fully admitting that's not all my $1,500. I'm getting staked uh, and backed, rather by uh, some very good friends of mine who have been um, playing in the, in the home games with me for many, many years. And it's nice. They're not sort of like their emissary of sorts. You know, we've been playing, you know, dealer's choice games forever. And uh, we don't play it exactly like they do at WSOP. Uh, it's every single hand we change the game, and we play almost all the games no limit, actually, uh, unless there's five betting rounds, in which case, you know, each betting round is capped. So it's slightly different than the official dealer's choice of the WSOP, but those differences actually make me more comfortable. Um, you know, I said, I, I'm not scared of anyone, not scared of anything. And also the fact that I'm getting backed by a lot of people and, you know, putting relatively little of my own money at risk. Um, hopefully I'll be able to sort of just play my game and do my best, you know, in a sense, it's um, <clears throat> excuse me, a bit of a free roll because like, you know, again, there's a little bit of money at stake, but you know, I've sort of said in my in my mind, this is something actually that Elie Lesra told me about just playing in general anytime you're sort of worried. It says, pretend the money's already gone. So in my head, whatever I'm sort of putting out there is like, okay, the money's already gone. Let me just do the absolute best I can. And whatever else happens is gravy. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the experience. I don't know what it's like. You know, I know, as Chad said, I've been working the last couple of years there and just walking around and I've got, you know, my media badge so I can walk anywhere I'd like in the back rooms or whatever. But to be sitting there and not have to move around, like I'll be sitting there hopefully for many, many hours uh, for multiple days. Um, and also I'll just point out, one of the reasons this is kind of like a, a dream event for me is that there's, you know, all the events there. They take, you know, many, many days to do. Um, and being Orthodox observant Jewish, like if an event stretches into Friday night or is on Saturday, I can't do it. So I know that here's one guy on the podcast who's guaranteed never going to win the main event because I just won't be playing on a Saturday or Friday. Right. Uh, so in a sense, this for me is my main event. It starts on a Monday and, you know, hopefully I'll still be there Wednesday uh, at the final table and uh, that'd be amazing. But really looking forward to playing. That's super awesome that you get to play. Are you still going to be working some of it or are you off? You're not working at all this summer? Well, the, the nice thing about being self-employed is I get to decide, which is yeah. really awesome. And it's a, a real big blessing. You know, it's like, you know, there's obviously some risks of doing that. You never know when what's going to be the next month, but um, you know, it's up to me. And, and thankfully I've got, again, back to the first thing I said, best wife in the world. And she's been really cool and um, you know, 
it's about 7,500 miles away. And my three right. kids are here just with her. So it's a you know, major credit to her that she's been very kind and, and awesome and, and being cool with me going. Uh, this will be my fourth summer in a row for lengthy periods of time. You know, I know wherever you live in the States, you're just a few hours away. You can go and come back multiple times during the series. Ain't so simple when you're living uh, 10 time zones away from, um, and you know, it's the end of the school year and to be there for all the kids stuff. So um, I'll be making two trips out this year, actually. Uh, one is at the beginning from, uh, you know, end of May until, you know, the beginning of June. And that's when I'll be playing in the dealer's choice event. And that's more of, I'll be doing my own thing as far as work stuff is, is concerned. Um, you know, be meeting up with the red chip poker guys. They've got some meetups going on, maybe doing some stuff with Ellie. We'll have to see exactly what develops in that respect. Um, and the second, then I'll be coming back home for about three, three and a half weeks or so. And then I go back out uh, and I'll be working uh, with the poker productions crew during the main events. I uh, have been doing this for the last, this will be my third year uh, being on the player bio team. This is, you know, when you see the broadcast online on ESPN, uh, you know, all of the very talented commentators are telling you all about the players at the table. So, you know, that information has to come from somewhere. So I'm part of a exceptional team who work, uh, we really work hard. You know, we stand there with the bulletin boards, and the clipboards and try to get the information from the players during the breaks. Um, tell them about, you know, t- tell us about themselves and uh, also researching on their hand and mob and whatever information we could find and passing that information along to the, uh, to the broadcasters so that they can relay it to the viewing audience at home. So yeah. Two trips Very out cool, to the- man. Yeah, yeah, there's so awesome. much behind the scenes that you know that that we just don't see, and it's cool to kind of hear a little bit of the, little bit of the skinny on what's actually going on there. I'm I'm curious, you know, obviously you're, you know, you're you're very well educated, you're very well spoken, you've got a lot of passion. It seems like you could do a lot of different things. You could do a lot of different things in media, uh, you know, but you're you've chosen to cover poker. Um, you know, I'm curious, like what what is it about, what is it about covering poker? What is it about? you know, your, your deep engagement in the game and kind of behind the scenes, like what is it that's, that's kind of driving you or fueling you or, or giving you life or, you know, keeping your passion strong? Like what is it about, uh, you know, your work in the poker community that's, that isn't, that makes it more than just a job? That is a great question. Very well worded. And, and thanks for that question. So, you know, any, any question that makes you think and you don't have an instant answer. So that's a really good question. Um, I know that had nothing to do with the questions I sent you in advance and we'll probably never get to those <laughs> questions. <laughs> that's what I mean. We'll kind of play it by ear and kind of see where it goes. But yeah, the, those are questions I'd love to ask people the, the ones that kind of make you, make you reflect a little bit on it. Um, I think to an extent, it, it really just is the passion. You know, like the fact is, you know, something that you really love to do, you're going to do anyway, regardless of whatever the reactions to it are, regardless of what happens as a result of you doing it. Um, You know, when I first started my blog, you know, I was excited that 10 people were visiting it in a day, you know, and, you know, if I got into it to make money or to try and make a career out of it, I would have stopped after three days, maybe two days. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, it's just something because, you know, it's something that you enjoy. You just sort of do it more. And, and the fact is also, look, I love the game of poker. I really, really do. Um, I realized very quickly, you know, winning player though I might be, being a professional poker player doesn't really jive with the type of lifestyle that I want to lead. And, you know, it's important to me. I moved here 20 years ago to Israel for a very good reason. I believe that this is, you know, the Jewish homeland and this is where I belong. You know, it's uh, 
type of thing we always say. There's lots of aquariums out there in the world, but there's only one ocean. So there's plenty of good Jewish communities in all over the place. Uh, but I think that this is where we belong. So this is where I want to live. But a professional poker player to be living here, not so simple always. Um, and I said, well, well, how do I still stay involved? And, you know, um, the fact that I've got all of these different avenues, whether it's in podcast form or on my website or in any other sort of avenues uh, as far as the media is related and able to go from time to time now over these last couple of years to Las Vegas to different other um, venues all over the world and do media coverage and use the types of things you know that I studied. I studied linguistics and used whatever skills I've managed to develop uh, allows me to live that card player lifestyle, you know, without necessarily being a professional player, just, you know, I still got my home game and, you know, this is the type of thing to, that, that I love. And, and I'm just, you know, it didn't happen overnight. A lot of people say, okay, you're doing all this, you're doing that. Wow. It's amazing. And, and it is, it really right. is. And, you know, I, I feel incredibly fortunate. It did not happen overnight. It's the type of thing that, you know, thankfully the passion is what kept me up those nights and weekends till two, three, four in the morning and saying, well, I've got to get this interview out. And Mary's like, no, you got to sleep. You have work tomorrow. I'm like, I agree, but right. <laughs> I'll just be a little bit more tired. You know, I don't care. That's what's important to me. And it's, um, it's kind of the pushing the flywheel, like Jim Collins talks about. If you're familiar with, oh, could be great, right? I mean, that the, the overnight successes are never overnight successes. There's right. overnight being noticed. Yes, uh, but there's always the years and years of kind of pushing the flywheel and doing what it takes to kind of get there. And sure. And in a sense, it mirrors like, you know, at least a tournament poker player's graph, you know, so lots of times you look at the typical graph of a winning player. So you've got like, you know, like the sort of staying steady, a little up, a little down, then you have the big win. And then you're just at a new plateau and all that other sort of stuff. And, you know, I, I really, that really speaks to me as far as my career has gone, because, you know, a lot of it has just been, you know, not necessarily as rewarding in the conventional sense. And then all of a sudden, you know, Nolan Dalla, you know, one of the chief scribes, uh, the, the massive uh, media presence, went ahead and said, hey, Robbie, I want you to be uh, one of my firing squad interviews. Whoa, holy crap, that happens. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, who's this Robbie Straczynski guy? Right. And then, you know, you move on to the next thing and the next thing. But like, I just remember that was just a, a huge moment. Or, you know, back to Chris Wallace, the first time you ever get on a podcast. So, one thing I could just tell everybody is, you know, if you do have the passion, if you do want to do whatever it is that you want to do, any single opportunity from anyone that comes your way, grab it with both hands and make the absolute most of it. And, and to the, you know, even to point, Steve, you said, would you like to be on the podcast? Absolutely. You want to be on the podcast. We'll talk for as long as you want. You right. know? And uh, happy to do anything like that because you never know who's listening, who's watching. And, uh, you know, other con opportunities can continue from there, you know, like, and, and it's not necessarily money related. It's, you know, but sometimes there are, some guy was like, Hey, I just saw the interview you did with so-and-so we'd like to hire you to do this, you know, like, right. okay. And, and from that, thankfully, um, you know, self-employment came two years ago and the ability to make a living at the end of the day, which is really living the dream. You know, thank congrats. God. Yeah. Congrats. Hey, John, did you have something there? Yeah. I was just gonna, to mention, you know, I've been really impressed actually by both you, Robbie, and you, Steve, um, there are not very many people entering the poker industry after Black Friday. So to be able to do that and to be able to have, you know, I've watched you, uh, I remember you talking on podcasts about deciding to make it a full-time career and when you started to switch over and do more and more. And Steve's been doing the same thing, making poker part of his income and with a similar bent to you where 
playing is, you know, portion and he hopes to be profitable there, but that's actually not where he's currently making his income from. So I've just been really impressed uh, watching that. And I think it's really good to be getting new blood that's not jaded by Black Friday, you know, <laughs> the poker industry uh, and seeing it continue to grow, even though it's a different path, it's probably more healthy and more sustainable than the, the growth rate poker had prior to that anyway. Well, thanks, John. That's generous. Yeah. And in my defense, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know there was a Black Friday until I started playing poker and then heard stories about it. So I'm pretty new to the poker scene, but I appreciate the kind words, John. And uh, I can say on my side, I think in retrospect, it's pretty cool and and probably beneficial to me that I didn't get in earlier than I did. Uh, I've spoken to some people who had gone through the whole Black Friday and, you know, Part of me says, oh, man, those were the glory days. That's when, you know, all you had to do is say you had a poker blog and people were handing you bags of money to, you know, put a banner up, right? Like, wouldn't that be amazing to be making money like that? But a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, they said, well, that's not happening anymore. I got to find ways to, to go ahead and keep making money, whatever it is. And I understand that, you know, a Black Friday could ruin their business and, and things get difficult. Like to, to soldier through passion, notwithstanding something of that magnitude is not so simple. So in a sense, it was a blessing for me that I got in in, in the low point of poker. And, uh, you know, yeah, I know exactly what Black Friday did to everybody. But, you know, for me, thankfully, it's just sort of been a constant trajectory upwards uh, because when you start from nowhere, you know, there's only one place to go. Uh, so in a sense, that's that's pretty cool and uh, definitely not jaded. And, and I think also to an extent, the fact that I live here in Israel so far away from where all the poker action is happening around the world, um, it enables each time that I take a trip abroad to be exciting all over again. So um, that's something I think, you know, that it worked out uh, in, in my favor. So that, that's pretty awesome. So, so Robbie, as you kind of think about uh, all, you, you've covered so many players, you've covered so many tournaments, so many different things, you know, you're, you're a bright guy, you kind of understand human behavior and motivation, it sounds like as well. I'm kind of curious, as you look at players, um, you know, what, what are some of those like common traits that you see among the best players, whether it's strategy, whether it's emotional well-being, physical well-being, whether it's their demeanor? I mean, can, can you even draw any sort of inferences or themes among what seems, what seems to be common among the top players or among, I guess, players that are continually getting better or, you know, specifically maybe around tournaments? But have you, have you thought about that? Have you drawn any, any insights there? Yeah. Yeah, it becomes clear after a while there's a, there's a common denominator. It's the ability to hit two outers. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> so, I gotta practice. I gotta practice not that. everyone has that ability. I gotta <laughs> tell you, someone I've been playing home games with never manages to to get there. So, um, and the other yeah. guy always gets there, right? <laughs> I lose 95% of the time I'm ahead on the river, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the ability to say one time and have it work, Steve. <laughs> have it work. Or to, <laughs> so, or to start walking away from the table when your card hits. Yes, to put yeah. on your jacket. That, that's how you hit them. <laughs> um, in, in all seriousness, though, um, you know, it's sort of relating to the types of things we said, but you know, with anything, you want to be successful, you just got to work at it. Um, and the ones who are really reaching like the highest levels of, of success and you know, managing to go up in stakes and, and play in those high rollers, 
it, it doesn't happen by accident. It's the same thing. Like you see the results, but you don't see them sitting in the lab, quote unquote, and mm. reviewing all of those charts and numbers. And, you know, back in the day before solvers and before poker got, you know, so numbers oriented with all of the charts and the software and all these sorts of things, you know, Daniel Negreanu talks about it. He was just talking with his up and coming poker buddies with Phil Ivey, with John Juanda, with Alan Cunningham. And talking hands, these are the brightest minds of their generation and just going over, what would you do in this spot? What would you do in that spot? And remembering those sort of things. So they worked on their game too. A lot of it was much more play-based and then you know, focus and analysis after the fact. But you know, now with the numbers, with the software, with so much training material out there, I mean, I, I put out, you know, not that I write them all, but again, from my contributors, bunches of strategy articles. There's tons of free strategy articles available all over the internet. Poker News has got tons of them. Um, and you listen to podcasts such as yours at the Red Poker, Pod Rec Poker Podcast and hear, um, and hear um, what do you call it, strategy discussions. So there's all of that. And then, you know, if you want to go ahead and really take it seriously, yeah. So it's not that you're spending money to learn. You're investing in yourself. And you're paying money to all of the different great poker uh, training companies out there to go ahead and teach you. These are winning players, winning coaches. And, you know, I don't think there's necessarily one way, you know, it's math is, is absolute, but I don't think there's one way towards achieving success. You got to play what's good for you. If you, if you feel Hold'em is a solved game, then the people who are making money hand over fist right now, they're focusing on, I don't know, seven card stud high low because Right. You know, at, at the highest limits, you know, there's not too much material uh, about that game that's out there that it's necessarily solved. So, you know, game selection is very important. So they're going ahead and doing that. You know, you can have the eighth, what did say, Doyle says, or someone said, if you have the ninth best poker player in the world sitting down at the same table as the other eight, he ain't going to win a penny. Right. So game selection is very important and, and putting in the time and the effort to be better. You know, if it matters that much to you to, to be the best, then you're going to do everything you can to to be the best. And yeah, variance will, will do what it does. But, um, you know, that type of determination and grit in the long term will get you at the higher stakes and at the, you know, at the nosebleed tables. Well said. Well, we're, we're, man, time just flies by. It's crazy how fast time goes. We're, we're almost out of time, but I want to give oh, John. That's or, it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I want to give John or Chad a, a chance to, uh, I, I've been doing most of the talking with you, Robbie. I want to give those guys a chance again, if they have anything to, to ask or to chime in on. Well, I just want to say once again, congratulations on the award last night. Thank you, you, Chad. Uh, didn't see that. Um, and the, the great work that you do and, and, there was, there's this hashtag that goes around good for poker and you're good for poker. And that's just known across the board. You, you talk to anybody and mention your name in the poker industry and they, everyone smiles. And that's, that's what happens. Um, you do a lot of great work and uh, you are a good friend to, to all of us. And, and maybe this summer, I believe Steve is going to be this area at the same time you are going to be there not working. Awesome. And maybe I'll get out there too, and we can all sit down at the same table and play some mixed games, maybe. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. That, that sounds uh, that's really sweet of you to say, Chad. And I, I, I got to say also, like, you know, there's lots of different things to be motivated by, and, and I think you know you don't necessarily do it for money, you don't do it for accolades, but you know, this is the type of thing I got to be honest that that definitely keeps me going. You know, like when I said ten fans wanted to go ahead and see it, you know, on that first day. 
having someone um, again like Chad. I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna say this type of thing enough. Anyone who says something like that to me means like, okay, I'm gonna keep on going and sitting till two, three, four o'clock in the morning and continuing to do what I do because uh, it matters at least to some people. So I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, and I just John, probably yeah, say uh, ditto. <laughs> well said, sir. Uh, no, it is. It's really important to a lot of the pros that are still around from 2000. They come off very jaded, and they've been through some tough times. You know, from it being so good to being brought down after Black Friday, and to hear the genuine enthusiasm about the game, I think is really important. And uh, I will be in Las Vegas at the same time Steve is, so hopefully we'll get a chance to actually meet. I, I hope so too, John. It sounds like it'd be a really fun, uh, real fun game. And beers on me. I don't drink them, but I'll have a diet coke. And uh, beers on me if we do meet up. Be, that'd be wonderful. That would, that would be that would be awesome. Yeah, we're John and I are going out there on June 9th. So uh, if, if there's any awesome. overlap at all, we can. We can connect. That would be super fun. So uh, almost out of time, I, I, want, I have one more question I would like to ask you, and this could be a really quick answer. The, oh, the, man. I'm not good at quick answers. That's I, my I, life. I, I'm, I'm gathering that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at thorough answers, but this is, this is a All list. Right. So okay. the, three, the three most interesting people or players that you've run across in the poker industry. Oh, that's not fair. Well, oh, I'll just pick, okay, it doesn't have to be the top three. Pick, give me three names of, of, of people that you just find – fascinating for some reason or another you don't even have to give the reasons i'm putting you totally on the spot right now and now this is what i call stalling so you can actually think i'm pretending i'm actually giving a thought but what i'm actually doing is just kind of rambling to give you time to think if that's not fair give me give me one name like like who's who's like super interesting that that's out there so many interesting okay (laughs) i i I don't want to put three people out there okay but i'll give you an answer which sort of would give my methodology if I were to give you names of people. Okay, okay. so you could, you could answer the question that you hope I'd asked. Yeah. Right? Okay. You're going to answer the question that you hoped I'd asked. Okay, so <laughs> generally speaking, um, I, do, I, I interview a lot of people. So there's got to be something that, that, that intangible that makes me want to interview that person in the first place, right? So there's that, okay? I can't necessarily put my finger on what it is, but something makes me want to go ahead and say, okay, mm. I want to interview you. And then I'm going to go ahead and spend a lot of time, you know, like it's anyone could put a list of questions together, but I really do try hard to spend, you know, time researching and finding out more about this person. And if they, especially if they've been interviewed many times, not just ask the same questions, but try to go deeper because I feel that when you do that and you're able to ask good questions, everyone's got a story. Everyone can be interesting. So it's very difficult on the spot to pick three people, but I can tell you that there are a lot of people over the, over the years who I have interviewed and who I've put the time in to come up with some questions that some amazing answers that I wouldn't have expected or, you know, that even people who have known those interviewees for many years didn't know about them, um, you know, so... Hopefully that's a good enough answer for the question that you almost but, asked. Right. It's a very good answer. I, I, it makes me want you to, it makes me wish you could move back to the U.S. and run for political office. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Giving give that sort of answer. No, that's great. I want to I honor your time. Uh, I, know, I know people can reach you. There's several Twitter accounts, at Card Player Life, at Poker Notes Live, where the app is, uh, at Red Chip Poker, and at Top Pair. 
Uh, are there other ways or other preferred ways that you'd have people connect you an email newsletter or anything like that that you want people to know about? Just keep calling my phone all the time. <laughs> oh, right. And no, telling uh, you bad beat stories. Is that what you prefer? I love bad beat stories. There was a guy who took my ideas, SOB, you know, he's wearing a, uh, a cardboard, like $1 yeah. for bad beat stories. And I was like, that's how I was going to make money last summer. <laughs> right. You could charge 20 probably. Right. Uh, but um, no, the Twitter at card player life is the best way. I've got a card player lifestyle poker that's on Facebook. You can reach and I'm um, no hesitation about giving out my email address. It's Robbie R O B B I E at cardplayerlifestyle.com and uh, you know in general just you know it you know everyone likes having their name in lights in the spotlight for just for you know even a few minutes anyone who takes the time to go ahead and email me there's never been anyone who hasn't gotten the response back even if it's no not interested or whatever but uh, always happy to hear from anybody about anything and, and have conversations with you guys so thank you well, awesome well it truly, truly was a pleasure to actually meet you too after seeing your name out there and uh, just just love what you're doing I love how you're approaching life uh, and kind of how you have your your framework and paradigm and perspective of life fully intact and then kind of working around the periphery. I, I appreciate that about you. And uh, man, best of luck with, with everything, with the family, with the, the home in Israel there, with this summer playing and reporting uh, and, and everything else you have going on. But a, a, a true pleasure uh, to meet you, sir. Thank you very much, Steve. It's uh, nice to have the opportunity. I haven't been on a podcast in a while on the other side of the mic. So thank you very much for the opportunity for your time. It's not about my time only, but uh, it, it's really nice to, to have an opportunity like this and, um, you know, and, and be acknowledged and appreciated. Thank you very much. And thank you, Chad, and to John as well. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys, for joining. And uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks so much to Robbie. Thanks to Chad and John for being part of kind of the last minute uh, panel, putting that interview together. Thanks to Running Aces for your sponsorship of the Rec Poker podcast. Please check out recpokertraining.com for any information. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Get all kinds of info on things that we're, we're offering. You can also watch the videos and listen to the podcasts out there online as well. Uh, so until next week, I guess that's it. Uh, good luck on the film. Thank you.